Good morning. This is Todd with another episode of Spinning Singles. Um, this is episode number 21, and we just started the year 1980 last week, and we're going to continue that. And basically what we do here, I just talk about the music that charted, what it means to me on the 45 record, and I do it from a collector's point of view. So in other words, I'm not playing the music. You can download it or get it anywhere you'd like. Uh, this is more about information about the music itself, the 45, and how collectible it is. So we're going to get started. And where we left off was January 26, 1980, that week. And there were five songs that debuted on the top 40 that week. The first one being coming in at 35, moving up from 49, was another disco hit by Donna Summer. It was called On the Radio, and yes, it got played on the radio quite a bit. And it's from her Casablanca label with the Casablanca sleeve. And at the time, she had put out a Greatest Hits compilation and was called On the Radio. And I remember getting that album when it came out, and it had all of her hits on it, uh, extended versions and stuff like that. But this particular song would be a big hit for her. It would go to number five. And uh, not a particularly valuable 45. It did not have a picture sleeve, and you can still find it. However, you don't hear it much on the radio now, all these years later. But uh, that's Donna Summer, and that was number 35 that week. The next song to come in uh, was by a group called The Spinners, and they had been a huge success in the 70s and hadn't done much in the last year or two up until this point. And this was more like a medley of two different types of songs. And it was covers. And it was Working My Way Back to You and Forgive Me Girl. And it came in on their Atlantic label because that was the label they recorded on. And it came in at 37. And I remember hearing this song everywhere. It got a lot of airplay. Uh, still hear it today on adult stations and yacht rock stations. It went to number two. So it was a big comeback hit for the spinners, working my way back to you and forgive me, girl. Um, not a particularly valuable 45, just came with the, the Atlantic kind of brownish sleeve. And that's the spinners at number 37 that week. Number 38 that week that came in was another hit from the Commodores. And it was from their album Midnight Magic, and it was called Wonderland. And, you know, I heard that song, I'm like, man, I never really hear this song on the radio. I've never heard it in a long, long time. It's not one that got a huge amount of airplay in, in the D.C. area where I was growing up. But it was on Motown, their label at the time. Came in at 38 and would go to number 25, which was okay for them. And uh, don't have a lot to say about this song because I never really heard it. And it was kind of a mid-tempo uh, soul ballad for them. And that's the Commodores at number 38. So the next song, though, means a lot more to me. It was probably my favorite by him. And I'm talking about Jon Stewart, and he had had a run of hits so far. I think this was his third in a row that hit the top 40. It's called Lost Her in the Sun, and it's a great song. The first two had Stevie Nicks on the records. This one did not. It was just him. And it's on his label, RSO. And it was from his album, Bombs Away Dream Babies, which was his most successful album. And it came in at 39, would only go to 34, but a great, great song. I wish it got a lot higher on the charts. Um, it didn't. And I don't hear it much on the radio at all. 
In fact, the only time I ever hear it is on the 80s channel on Sirius XM, and even that's very rarely. But if you've never heard it, it's a great song. It's called Lost During the Sun by Jon Stewart. In fact, I liked it so much it was number one on my countdown around the same time period. Came in at 39. And the next song and the last song to debut that week was another great favorite of mine, number 40. It was by the Electric Like Orchestra from Discovery. It would be their last single from that album. It was called Last Train to London. And again, that's my favorite song on the whole album. It's a great song. Um, It did crack the top 40. It only made it to number 39. It was only on for two or three weeks and then fell off. It's on their um, the Jet label that Jeff Lynn and ELO recorded on. Like I said, a great, great song. You never hear it on the radio. It wasn't a huge hit, but uh, by far, I thought it was my favorite from that album, uh, Discovery. If you've you've never heard it, I highly recommend it. And that's Last Train to London by ELO. And sometimes I like to talk about songs that made the Hot 100 but did not make the Top 40 that um, are good or mean something to me. And this next one came in at 86 that week. And it was by an artist I had never heard of at the time, and she would go on to have some hits. But it was Patrice Russian, and she was a soul artist, and it was recorded on the Electra Asylum label, the Red label. And the song's called Haven't You Heard, and it's kind of an upbeat dance song. Came in at 86 and peaked at number 42. It just missed the top 40. Uh, don't hear it much on the radio anymore, but it was a, it was a great song. Did get some airplay around here. Uh, not a particularly valuable 45, and it did not have a picture sleeve, but that's Patrice Russian with her first, maybe her second Hot 100 hit, Haven't You Heard? Which brings us into February of 1980, and um, the next week, and there were three songs that debuted in the top 40 that week, and the highest one um, came in at number 22, which was a big jump for him from 44, and I'm talking about Andy Gibb. He was Still extremely popular at that time. Um, Had several number ones in a row. This one's called Desire, a little different sound. And it would go to number four. So that was a big hit for him anyway. It was on his RSO label. And uh, the brown sleeve, no picture sleeve with this one. And, you know, not a particularly valuable or high high dollar 45. But I did hear it on the radio. You do hear it every now and then. Uh, Not that often, though. And that's Desire by Andy Gibb. Next song, um, I've talked about this before. I'm not, a, I wasn't a huge fan being um, as young as I was at that point. I was 14 and going into high school, my freshman year of high school. I did not care for ballads that much. Uh, this one was definitely a ballad by Barry Manilow, When I Wanted You. Came in at 38, would go to number 20, which was okay. It was on his Arista label. Not one I heard on the radio and not one I paid attention to that much. It was okay. Um, over the years, it's just okay. I think he's done a lot better ballads than this one, but that's just just me talking. But that's Barry Manilow and When I Wanted You, and that came in at 38. Uh, the next song meant a lot more to me and much bigger of a hit. It's by the group Shalimar, and it was their follow-up to Take Me to the Bank, which was a great song, by the way, if you've never heard it. This is called The Second Time Around. It was on Solar, and that's the group that Jody Watley came from. And she's probably singing on this record as well. It came in at number 40 and would go to number eight, which was a great hit for them. I like the song a lot. And if so much so, it was a number one on my countdown as well. And that's the second time around. You do hear it 
from time to time on soul stations and 80 stations every now and then. But that's Shalimar with the second time around. And again, another song that debuted on the Hot 100 that I'll talk about. Um, it came in at number 88. I have to talk about one of my favorite groups, Blondie, and was called The Hardest Part. And um, if you listen to the song, the lyrics talk about, I think, a bank robbery. I think that's what it is. But it did have a picture sleeve, which is very hard to find nowadays. And I can tell you, I remember finding this in a, re in a record store in the outskirts of Baltimore when it came out. Couldn't tell you the name of the store, but I just remember finding it there. And uh, the song only peaked at number 84, so it didn't get much higher than 88 on the Hot 100. But it was from their album, Eat to the Beat, and um, which is not a bad album. Actually, I just picked it up for the very first time about two months ago. Um, not really an album guy, more of a 45 guy, but this is a great song by Blondie, The Hardest Part. And um, I just found out they're putting out a four LP retrospective set of all their albums or songs coming out in October, which is kind of cool. Kind of pricey, though, so I don't think I'll get it, but I have a lot of the music already. And that's Blondie, the hardest part. So moving on into February of 1980, uh, the next song we'll talk about, there was actually six, seven, seven songs to debut in the Hot 100. So it was a very busy week that week in February. And there were a lot of big, notable songs that would come in that week. And the highest one was by the soul group A Cool in the Gang. And it was called Too Hot. And that would go to number five. It came in at 27. It's on their Delight label. And a very good song by them. Got a steady beat to it. A good danceable song. And one of my favorites by them. And not a particularly valuable or hard record to find. But it did not come with a picture sleeve. And that's Too Hot by Cool and the Gang. Next song is um, pretty famous. You hear it all the time, even nowadays. It's by Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. It's called Refugee. Probably one of his best well-known songs that came off of Damn the Torpedoes and um, came in at 31 that week and would go to number 15, which was um, pretty good for him. Um, I think his previous song, Don't Do Me Like That, made it into the top 10. But this had a picture sleeve, a black and white picture sleeve with him outside leaning against a brick wall. And the sleeve's kind of hard to find. Um, the sleeve's probably a $10 sleeve. The record's not as hard. It was on his Backstreet label at the time, affiliated with MCA, and that's Refugee by Tom Petty. He would go on to have a lot of hits and, you know, became one of my favorite artists over the years. So the next song to come in that week, um, right below it, was a super group called Pink Floyd. Of course, you've heard of Pink Floyd. And this was their biggest U.S. hit. It would go to number one. It's called Another Brick in the Wall, Part Two. And came in at 32, would go to number one for four weeks, got a ton of airplay. You still hear it from now and now and again. And it was actually released on two different labels, which I thought was kind of cool. The first release was a, like a custom label uh, for Columbia. And it was uh, kind of like a brick wall on the bottom, a white part of a wall. And then the dark blue on the top with the writing of another brick in a wall. So that's the the release you want to find because that's probably got more value to it. Probably a five to ten dollar just with the with the record. The sleeve, of course, was just a picture of a brick wall with Pink Floyd written on it and the titles on the back. And the sleeve's probably worth about ten bucks. Um, because the song was such a huge hit, they re-released it 
on the orange Columbia label, another brick in the wall. And you probably see that a lot more frequent, um, but not near as valuable as the custom Columbia label that was released on originally, probably the first run of the song. And I was lucky enough to get it when it first came out. And that's another brick in the wall by Pink Floyd. Um, and this is a great week. I, you know, say this next song that came in was from Linda Ronstadt, uh, first song off her, my favorite album by her called Mad Love. It's a great album. Um, this is called How Do I Make You? Very, very upbeat rocking song. Came in at 35 and would go to number 10, which was a good hit for her. And it did have a picture sleeve. And it's basically a cover of the album. Um, and the B-side, Rambler Gambler, actually made the country charts, believe it or not, which I thought was kind of cool. That rarely happens. Um, but it's on a, Asylum Records, and that album is fantastic. We'll talk about that album more as time goes on, because there's some album cuts that are really good that probably should have been released, but were not. And that's How Do I Make You by Linda Ronstad coming in at 35. Um, which brings us to the next song this week coming in. And that is number 36 that week, moving up from 47. It was the follow-up to the Pina Colada song, or Escape, by Rupert Holmes, which was a big hit. And this one was just called Him, and it would go to number six, which was a big hit for him as well. And it's on MCA, and you still hear it on the radio today. And kind of a mid-tempo, adult contemporary-sounding song. And um, not a particularly hard record to find, or it did not come with a picture sleeve, so... It's on the MCA Rainbow label, and that's him by Rupert Holmes. Um, next song was a um, very interesting song, and it was by the group Toto, and it was called 99. And it came in at 39. It would go to number 26, so it was a pretty big hit for him. Not, not too bad on the Columbia label. But the thing about this song is I heard it, and immediately I thought about the old Get Smart TV show, and the Agent 99, which was played by Barbara Feldon. So I'm thinking, that's interesting. They recorded a song about an agent from a TV show in the 60s. I just thought that was bizarre. But you know what? As it turned out, the song had nothing to do with Agent 99. It was more of a futuristic-sounding uh, song about the future and if we had numbers or something. I remember the explanation about this song being told on the radio years ago, but it had nothing to do with that TV show which I thought was kind of disappointing because I thought it was about 99. And I think a lot of people did when it came out. It was from their album Hydra. And as a side thing, speaking of 99, Barbara Feldon did record a song called 99, and it's on the RCA label. Uh, I think it came out in 68 or 69, extremely hard to find. And I did find a promo copy of it probably about a year ago and rather pricey 45, but I did find it. It even has a picture sleeve, believe it or not, and I have not never seen it. It's just got a picture of her on the cover, and um, that's 99 by Barbara Feldon. So if you ever find that record, that would be awesome find. Still looking for the picture sleeve myself and a stock copy, but the promo copy is what I have. Anyway, back to number 39. That was Toto called 99. So the next song I'm going to talk about came in at number 40. It was the last song to debut that week, and it was the first song from a new female rocker called Pat Benatar. Never heard of her before when she came in. It was called Heartbreaker. Very upbeat rocking song. 
Um, I, when I first heard it, I liked it. I was like, wow, this is really good. She's probably going to be a big star. And lo and behold, she turned out to be huge. And uh, this was her very first chart hit. It came in at 40, would go to 23. And the thing about this song is, yes, you still hear it on the radio, but it was released with a picture sleeve, which is extremely hard to find. In fact, I've only seen it like twice in 35 years, and I have I have it. And it's got a picture of her, I don't know, kind of leaning up against a window, it looks like. Kind of interesting picture. And the B-side shows her uh, kind of against the same window. But the album is really good, too. So um, I highly recommend it. If you find the picture sleeve, I know people that are looking for this picture sleeve. But um, very difficult to find. If I had to put a price on it, I'd say it's probably a 20 to $25 sleeve, which is expensive for an 80 sleeve. But the record itself, not that not that valuable, just the record. It's on the Chrysalis label, and that's the label she stayed with throughout her career. And that's Pat Benatar. By the way, she still performs, and I've seen her around with her, with her um, husband, and um, still sounds great. I have not seen her, but I've heard she's really good. So that's Pat Benatar. And um, again, I'll talk about a song that hit the Hot 100 that week that did not make the top 40. And it's not a song I heard when I was growing up when it came out. It's a song I heard years later, and it's really grown on me over the years. It's called My Heroes Have Always Been Cowboys. And if you listen to the lyrics, it's really good lyrics. It's by Willie Nelson. It was a country crossover. It came in at 87 and would go to number 44. So it just missed the top 40 that week. It's on the Columbia label, no picture sleeve thing about this song is it's in the movie the electric horseman with robert redford and jane fonda and um, if you've ever seen the movie you'd hear the song so the song has got some good lyrics about old time cowboys and i'm a big fan of western so um it's a great song really a nice i'm not a big fan of ballads back then but this one is an exception really good that's willie nelson my heroes have always been cowboys which brings us to the next week of February 16th, 1980. And I got time for a couple songs to talk about that came in that week. Um, the highest song that week was from, is an instrumental, which is great because I love the fact that instrumentals charted back then. Um, Chuck Mangione was uh, pretty popular at that time. And this was called Give It All You Got. It's, I liked it better than his bigger hit Feels So Good. Has a picture sleeve and it was used for the theme for the 1980 Winter Olympics. So we heard it a lot around the TV show, TV when the Olympics were on. And um, great sounding record. Don't hear it much on the radio. It's a shame, but it's a good sounding record. Went to number 18, came in at 37. Not a particular valuable or hard record to find at this point. And it was on the A&M label. So the next song I'm going to talk about, and the last one we have time for, is um, there was a soul group in the 70s called The Moments. And they had um, several big hits, one including Love on a Two-Way Street. That one comes to mind. They were on the Stang label. And they were kind of a, a ballady, mid-tempo soul group. But by 1980, they changed their name to Ray Goodman and Brown. And uh, they charted with a song called Special Lady. It came in at 38 and would go to number five. And it starts off like a cappella, and it's a very nice-sounding soul ballad song on the Polydor label. And that was their biggest hit under Ray Goodman and Brown. And that special lady, not a particularly 
valuable 45 at this point, two or three bucks, but that's a special lady and it would go to number five. And that's about all the time we have for this edition of Spinning Singles. And we'll pick it up again from February of 1980 next week. And uh, you all have a good week. See you then.